Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. And my name's James, aka FPL Drug. What a way to end the game week. Yeah, a lot of goals. Um, obviously, all the games at the same time, which was brilliant. Um, didn't really go the way I wanted it to for my FPL team. Um, I think I've got a slight red arrow. Um, I'm sure many of you will be refreshing that live FPL website. Um, obviously, it crashes because there's millions of you doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I said away. <laughs> I, I had a quick look at Playmaker, and I think I've got a slight green arrow. But um, other than that, yeah, I've stayed away from live FPL because, like you said, millions of people are trying it at the same time. And I think last season they had a problem as well, and they tweeted about it saying, you know, beware because. Obviously, the game's updating all at once, and yeah, it's almost impossible for them to keep up, but fair enough. I really enjoyed having all the games at the same time, and uh, I had, uh, yeah, on the TV for basically the first time this season, and I forgot about that buzz that you get when you know they're there, like, go, oh, oh, let's go to the Riverside, and oh, mate, it was so good. I really enjoyed it. So I think uh, plenty of goals as well. Yeah, there was, exactly. It got off to a slow start, I think 18 minutes in, and I was sat there twiddling my thumbs thinking, it's going to be one of those game weeks, isn't it? It's going to be a shitload of clean sheets. It's going to be like 1-0 here, 1-0 there. And then the goals just started to come. Yeah, ended up, you know, really enjoying the final day of the season, even though I wasn't in a stadium or whatnot. It was, uh, it was great fun to watch, and hopefully it's the start of a far more enjoyable and normal FPL season next year. So, I, I really hope so. <laughs> I'll make it continue. Right. Well, uh, we've obviously got 10 games to, games to cover, and uh, we might as well get stuck in. Not that, you know, players' goals and assists really matter for picking your teams next week because game week 38 has been and gone, but we'll do it anyway. First things first Arsenal 2, Brighton 0. Two goals again for that, uh, that man, Pepe. He's on a bit of a run of form now. On fire. Maybe, maybe on fire. that looking into the camera when he celebrates helps him. I don't know, but he's uh he's he's been he's been looking good. Um dare I say getting close to showing at least repaying some of that big price tag he cost Arsenal for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they'll obviously be hoping that he carries this form into next season. Um we're maybe starting to see yeah, the Pepe that they expected at the beginning of the season and He's taken a long time to find his feet and bed himself into that squad. But both of his goals today were, were really good finishes. Um, I've sat there watching the highlights and yeah, it's just great to see. And he looks a lot happier playing in that squad. And obviously, even with the win today, Arsenal have missed out on the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. At one point, it looked like they might get the Europa Conference League, whatever the fuck that is. But um, yeah, they've missed out in... In fairness, I think missing out might be a good thing for Arsenal next season because they won't have to worry about Thursday nights, uh, Sunday afternoon football. They'll have a whole season to focus on the Premier League, um, try to build a squad that Arteta obviously wants to take forward and they won't have to worry about, you know, resting assets and whatnot, you know, on on a Thursday night or if it's a really crucial game playing them and then obviously having a rest in the Premier League and they've been found out a few times when they've rotated quite heavily. 
agreed. And I think that's good for us FPL managers as well. That makes obviously Arsenal players more attractive because obviously this season they've been prone to rotation. So you, you don't know whether Bamiang or whoever, Pepe, Saka, is going to play on a Thursday night or a Sunday night. Um, so now we'll have a bit more clarity. Those, I imagine you'll get a regular sort of group of starters with um, no European competition. Exactly. And will it mean that we actually get to see a Bamiyang play with Lacazette rather than, you know, one or the other? Potentially. I mean, I'm sure Arteta will have a big think about the system he wants to play. Um, I doubt he'll keep things the same because uh, presumably he's not happy with a sort of a... We're not missing out on Europe, so... No. Um, I'm not sure where... They probably do have some strength at the back, obviously, because David yeah. Luiz is get, getting on. Um, well, he's leaving, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's going, and he's old anyway. Yeah. Um, but they need they need just more bodies in there, more decent quality, proven Premier League defenders. Yeah, no, agreed. And um, obviously on the other side of that, Brighton, kind of a fairly drab end to the season with this one. They had quite a few players missing out through either suspension or injury, so I don't think they expected much from this game. But, you know, that again, they've managed to stay up in the Premier League. They've, they've played some good football and arguably probably should be finishing higher than, than they have done in the table. Their, um, their XG, you know, as we all talk about, is incredible at times. And I think their expected league position is at least three or four higher than what they are. So, um, yeah, it'll be a, another big season for them next year. And perhaps they can um, pick up the points that they really should be rather than, you know, dropping late leads or holding on for nil-nil draws. I hope they do. Right, moving on then. And um, the first shock of the week, and to be fair, it was a, a shock that I actually thought was going to see Chelsea at one point miss out on the Champions League. So it was Aston Villa 2, Chelsea 1. Uh, fair, fair play to Aston Villa. Um, I don't think anyone really saw this one coming. Um, El Ghazi, quite a bargain of an asset on pens, obviously. Yeah, it took uh, his pen really well. Million. So I think I saw a couple of people in the community on him. Um, I mean, if I had like an 11, I doubt I would have even played him. No, no, I don't, I don't think I would have. And obviously, um, Matty Target, probably on a lot of people's benches, including my own, got himself an assist in this one. Um, I think just overall, like Aston Villa came out. Obviously, they were, they were playing at home. Chelsea at times, probably a little bit nervy, you know, obviously knowing how, um, how close it was uh, in the league in at one stage, needing to get that draw or, um, you know, needing a win at one point. And for Aston Villa to come out, obviously Jack Grealish again started. Um, likely, I think, that he probably makes it into that Euro squad now that he's seemingly fit and uh, getting minutes under his belt. So Southgate are probably pleased by that. But again, yeah, Aston Villa, a team that, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to our predictions later, but we both grossly underestimated Aston Villa this season. So um, yes, that'll be uh, amusing to talk about. But yeah, on, on the other hand, obviously, uh, you've got Chelsea there. Uh, Chilwell got his goal. But once again, Timo Werner scored when he was offside. Yeah, well, I mean, we spoke about it at length last, the last episode. And it's a recurring theme for him. Hopefully, um, maybe Tuchel will have a word with him over the summer or he'll have a word with himself. And try and stay on side a bit more but it's uh maybe it's a ha habit for him <laughs> yeah it's something that they're definitely to look at and obviously um 
Chelsea, their season isn't quite finished because next Saturday they've got the uh, the Champions League final. So um, massive game between them and City. I can only see one winner in that. And for me, that's City. I know, you know, we, we've seen them play each other a couple of times, you know, in both the Cup and the League. And um, Chelsea have, have come away winners. But no, I think City will run right. I'd love to see City win it, to be honest. Obviously, they've not won it before. Um, I guess now, would you play Aguero based on that performance off the bench? Come to that, but I don't think I would. Don't think I would. I think he will probably he will be in the squad, but I think he'll probably be an impact up a bit like he was. You know, today, which again, yeah, we'll come on to. Um, moving on to the third game then. And uh, record breaker, or well, not record breaker, record equaler, Joe Willock in a uh, Fulham nil, Newcastle 2. Yeah, very happy with that. I brought him in um, ahead of last week. And yeah, the man's carried on his great run of form. And I think it'll be bittersweet for Newcastle fans because I feel like that's a Another nail in there, signing him coffin. Either that or an extra couple of million, at the very least. I think Arsenal will hold on to him now. I mean, he's gone to Newcastle. He's got seven goals in seven games, obviously. Equaling big Alan Shearer's record at Newcastle there. The only um, player at Newcastle to do it. And yeah, I think he'll be too expensive for Newcastle now. And Arteta will probably look at him in the summer. And I can very much see maybe them trying to integrate him into that squad. Um, I don't think Willock will be happy sitting on the bench week in, week out there. So there's there's obviously, yeah, exactly. There's obviously a conversation to be had because if he goes to Arsenal and says, look, you know, I want this and I want to be guaranteed this amount of minutes and our centre can't give him that, then he's got a decision to make himself because his career will be at a standstill. And in the form that he's been in, it clearly shows that if you give the lad minutes, he's going to get your returns. Yeah, agreed. And even if Newcastle, say, Mark Ashley doesn't want to put up the cash, I think other clubs would be happy to. Yeah, 100%. And then obviously on the other side, you've got Fulham. Um, yeah, again, rotated a few players. Areola missed out this time, which fucked me up because uh, I ended up with no goalkeeper, something that you've been used to. Um, and yeah, obviously not scoring again. Didn't particularly look like scoring at all, to be fair, in this one. Dubravka didn't make a single save, says at all. And they've kind of gone down without really fighting, you know, fair to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously at one point a few months ago, it looked quite promising. We were quite confident of them staying up, but they've just sort of gradually fizzled out as the season's drawn in. Yeah, yeah, it's been a shame. And I think there's going to be a... A big season ahead in the championship for Fulham. They've got a lot of loan players. They've got quite a few that I think other clubs will be sniffing around. So um, if Scott Parker does stay there, I think there's going to be a big job on his hands to get them straight back up. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I can't see them coming straight back up, really. No, no, neither can I. Not, not with how competitive the championship's been. Um, all right, moving on then. And... Uh, the uh, the final game for both Pablo Hernandez and Berardi for uh, for Leeds. Obviously, it's been confirmed that they're they're leaving in the summer, and um, Bielsa, you know, 
the lovable man that he is, gave them both a start. And uh, it was unfortunate not to see Hernandez get uh, on the score sheet, but he at least got himself an assist in a uh, 3-1 win against West Brom. Yeah, I mean, I saw him crying in the stands. Um, it's sad to see him go. He's loved by the fans. Yeah, uh, the yeah, it was a strong performance from Leeds. I, I, I watched the game and obviously Bamford didn't start, which is a bit of a shock to some. Obviously, Rodrigo's been playing well and be at the end of the se- pretty much the end of the season. I, I don't blame Bielsa for playing Rodrigo. But yeah, no, they play, they play very strong. And it's a shame for Harrison owners that uh, his goal was ruled out. Mm. Um, yeah, I've seen that. It was offside, wasn't it? It was. Um, but yeah, it just shows he's getting in the right places. Um, yeah. Bagged himself another return with an assist, didn't he? So, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the Leeds players are priced next season. I feel they may be quite expensive or at least more expensive than we think they're going to Yeah, 100%. Because a lot of us are on the triple up. You know, we can afford it. I'm on Bamford, Rafinha and Dallas and have been for a number of weeks now. I don't think we'll be able to afford that triple up next season. Um, so you look at Rafinha, consistent with returns. Bamford, you know, despite the fact that many people say he misses a lot of chances, still has, what, 16, 17 goals this season? So just looking yeah. now. Yeah, he, he, he's he on got, 17 like, goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, that's a, it's an insane amount of goals. Exactly. Um, and 11 assists. Yeah, it's a, it's a sensational season. I think I'd see a big rise for him. Um, Dallas might even get reclassified back a, back into a midfielder. I know. I think he probably will if he continues to play where he is because there's, there's no way that FPL will allow us to have Dallas as a defender with the opportunity of you know scoring in the manner in which he does. And he's essentially an attacking midfielder half the time. Yeah, to be honest, even as a midfielder, depending on this price, he wouldn't be that bad. I no. mean, he's definitely scored quite a few this season uh, from memory. Yeah, and I mean, if Dallas is reclassified, I can't see him being more than, say, a five and a half, six million midfielder because he's not up there with the in the attacking returns as the likes of Harrison and Rafinha. So he, he, if he is reclassified, he'll be cheaper than them, I'd expect. But yeah, it I guess it's all a guessing game at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> and then um, on the other side, obviously West Brom have gone down, but Robson Carnu got his goal, which frustratingly, um, <laughs> frustratingly uh, cost Dallas the uh, the clean sheet, and uh, I believe it actually cost the lad that was um, top of the FPL league the win with that 90th minute clean sheet wipeout. If that's true, I'm uh, I'm gutted for him because he was he was top for so long, and I uh, I was watching the FPL Juice live stream and mm. they interviewed, him and he, he seems a very likable guy, and I was kind of rooting for him really. So, and I looked at like the, the teams before the kickoff, like who they picked, um, like the other like second and third and stuff. And I thought I thought he'd be he'd have enough. Mm. Yeah, it seems crazy that a 90th minute consolation goal. Is going to cost him the opportunity of winning FPL. Yeah, absolutely devastating. Always nearly now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I've seen some comments on on Twitter about bottling it. I think it's a bit harsh, but uh, we'll move on to a team that did bottle it. And uh, sorry to Leicester fans, but 
Leicester two, Spurs four. They've bottled it again. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a great game. Uh, I didn't see it, but obviously, the, I mean, there's six goals in it. And I mean, I'm not sure how Spurs fans will feel about this. I guess they'll be happy that they've finished above Arsenal. But at the same time, then they've now got to contend with this uh, European conference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they don't win the Europa conference, then. They just get knocked that? out by Ludogorets in Bulgaria or something. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. And I mean, they very well could because next season we might see a completely different Spurs side. Obviously, rumours are uh, raging about the fact that Harry Kane is probably going to go in the summer. Uh, I sat down uh, Friday, I think it was, and um, watched Gary Neville's YouTube channel that he's got with Sky now. And that he did an hour-long interview with Harry Kane whilst they were playing golf. And I must say, Harry Kane is exceptional at golf. And uh, Gary Neville isn't too bad either, to be fair. But it was a really, really good interview. Um, Harry Kane opened up quite a bit about, you know, what he wants to achieve, and his time at like Tottenham, and where he sees himself. And you just get the feeling that he's ready to have that conversation with Daniel Levy about moving on. He, he has to. For, for his career and to, to win trophies, to win the Premier League, to win the Champions League, he needs to move to an elite club. Yeah, Harry Kane should not be playing in the Europa Conference League. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, obviously, uh, Leicester, Jamie Vardy got a couple of penalties um, in this game, you know, to finally end that gold route that he's been on. Obviously, Ian Archer is, is massively outshone him over the last, what, eight, ten game weeks. You know, we, we've all kind of realised that quite early on and most of us have jumped on Iheanacho, but anybody that has held on to Vardy, you know, through this or brought him in for this one last game, fair play, because, yeah, getting himself a couple of penalties took them well. But in the end, didn't really mean anything because they, they've slipped up, even though Chelsea Chelsea slipped up themselves and, um, yeah, they'll find themselves in the Europa League again. Yeah, um a good season for Jamie Vardy. I mean, people questioning his age at the start of the season, but he's scored 15 goals and got 14 assists, which yeah. is a very good amount of returns from him. So oh, God, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they price both him and Ianacho next season. Yeah. Um, how long do you think Jamie Vardy can go on for? I feel like next season he'll still be decent, but it will be his returns will start to go down a bit. They'll start mm. to start to have to maybe come off a little bit earlier, or maybe not start so many games. Yeah, because he started the season so well, and we're all like, like, like you said, fifteen goals, fourteen assists. A lot of them, a lot of the goals came earlier in the season. The assists have continued, like. Remember the game where he got, what, three assists in, in one game um, for Ian Archer. So, you know, he, he's still up there with the elite. But yeah, is this second half of the season what we're expecting to see throughout next season? I'd Tough imagine so, but I mean, Jamie Vardy's quite, yeah. um, got, got quite a strong mentality. Like, I feel like he could maybe still kind of perform to a high level next season. Next season and still surprise us again. Yeah, um, and he probably will. There, he'll he'll be able to do it. 
And he's one of those assets that just constantly frustrates to own because you never own him at the right time, I found. I owned him a couple of times in Sky or once in Sky earlier in the season. He didn't do a lot. I took him out. And as soon as I took him out, I think he scored twice um, in the following game. And again, in FPL, it's the same thing. It's it's one of those that you're always reluctant to spend that little bit of extra money on Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he's, he's one of the hardest players to stick with. 100%. And I think the other talking point in this game, uh, what I heard on... Um, on Jeff's show was the fact that Fafana looks like he's gone off with what seems to be a hamstring strain. Um, apparently the, the young lad was in tears and I really hope that doesn't mean that he misses out on uh, Euros this season because he's had an exceptional season for Leicester and it will be gutting if, you know, he misses out on European competition because of a, a hamstring strain in the final game of the season. Yeah, that, that'd be gutting for the lad. Um, I'm not sure. What nation does he play for? That's a bloody good question. Let's quickly check. I, I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> um, he's French, isn't he? Yeah. Wesley Fofana is uh, French. Was he first? Would he, would he be first choice, do you think? Anyway? Um, well, I don't know if he's been called up. Um, and He's played for the France under-21 team. He may well have had a call up. France have released their squad. Um, I know this isn't great for the audio, but let's have a quick look to see uh, if he's in the, the Euro uh, lineup. Feel free to uh, talk about the next game, James, whilst I uh, check this one out. And next up was obviously a game which most in the community had a lot riding on was Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace 0. And the man Mane uh, finally stepping up to, to deliver, serving up two goals. Um, obviously, he's uh, got two assists in the last two games as well. And I was very close to bringing him in. Obviously, we had the news of Bruno, Luke Shaw and so on, not starting for Man United, being out of the squad with a sort of a weakened Man United team. So... If I didn't have my main transfer planned of Shaw to um, Alexander-Arnold, then I was very tempted to do Bruno to Mane. And I still contemplated it for a minus four, which in hindsight would have been lovely. I should have done it. That's the move I made. Uh, Just to quickly go back on Fafana, um, it was obviously Paul Merson that was talking about the game and he's probably talking out of his arse because Fafana hasn't been called up to the France squad. So yeah, he's not he's not missing the Euros. He's no. uh just missing his he's not he's not able to go down and swim in a pool in Spain or wherever <laughs> on his holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the French squad in you know the years to come because he's a brilliant, brilliant defender. But yeah, jumping back onto that Liverpool game then. That Mane move is one that, as you know, I made. Um I was between going Mane and Kevin De Bruyne for uh for Bruno. And in the end didn't really matter, but yeah, I went Mane. So uh, got the two goals and the uh, the three bonus points. And we'll, we'll come on to the City game. But yeah, at one point I was deeply regretting my decision, but it just shows how quickly things can change because yeah, I ended up with a, a decent points hole from Mane. And thankfully Salah got, got the assist for all of those that, you know, captained him, including myself. And I think you did as well. But if you were on Mane, then fair play. 
Yeah, not much from Palace, obviously. Uh, Roy Hodgson's last game. Yeah. Um, I mean, no one really expected them to get anything out of this. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, their eyes are very much on next season, I'd imagine. Yeah, 100%. From, from what I was hearing um, on the commentary, it sounded like Palace came out quite well and um, were putting Liverpool under real pressure to start with. But yeah, in the end, Liverpool's dominance came through and obviously they got the win that they needed and um, cemented Champions League football. Moving on then to uh, to that Kevin De Bruyne moment and it was uh, Man City 5, Everton 0. What a way to finish. Yeah, very strong performance from City. Um, I mean, most of us will have imagined the win, but maybe not seen a... Uh... A five nil weren't coming. Obviously, it oh. was a strong lineup, um, stronger than we've seen them put out recently. Barry, which was surprising given Champions League next Saturday. I guess like there's a solid sort of what six days rest, so they they want to just play their team that they're probably going to play the same eleven mm. in the in the Champions League. If not, maybe what we discussed earlier, maybe Agüero might force his way in. I'm not sure. I don't think he will. I think Pep will bench him, but yeah. I'd be, if I was the manager, I'm not, obviously. I'd be tempted to start him. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I guess it all depends on Gundogan's injury. Um, he, he was on the bench today, so I think he should be fine um, for the Champions League final because then I expect we'll likely see one of either Sterling or um, Jesus probably miss out if Gundogan comes in. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see to see that final lineup. Um against Chelsea but yeah like you said I think this will be very close to it and a lot of people were still on the likes of you know Mares um, for this game week so I'm fortunate you know in a, in a five goal route to only get an assist I think he hit the bar as well from the highlights that I've seen but yeah like you said you know Aguero got his moment came on in the second half and uh, ended the season and his career with Man City and in the Premier League with uh, with two goals and the question is, have Man City let him go a season too early? Potentially. Um, but I guess it's nice that he's going out while he's still performing. So, say he, next season, I don't know, started 10 games and didn't score in any of them. That'd be a sad way for him to go. Yeah, and I am glad that he got these two goals in front of his home crowd, you know, and he was applauded off at the final whistle because the last thing I needed, oh, the last thing Aguero would have wanted to be remembered for in his final season for City was completely fucking that Penenka penalty up. <laughs> yeah, thankfully we'll remember him for scoring the two goals off the bench and not that terrible penalty. <laughs> I know, absolutely. And yeah, Everton, they, they had the opportunity in the game to score. Siggy, Mr. Penn meant Edison ended up on a pretty sizable hole for anybody that's uh, got him in an FPL. So uh, fair play on that one. But yeah, Everton kind of, kind of really failed to deliver the season that was expected that with the signings um, at the start of the season that they might, you know, challenge properly for, for the Europa League spots. But they've just been far too inconsistent. And um, I think they really need to to sort either their home or away form. It kind of rotates year in, year out, which one's the worst. Um, and they really need to knuckle down this summer, find a way in which they want to play in a way that they don't necessarily get, you know, found out in games like this because they need to be able to challenge with the likes of City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, 
for even you know draws in games you know grind out draws because those points will be valuable if they actually want to achieve european football agreed um I think they, yeah, they're not very consistent, as you say. And I don't, I don't think they have a clear style. Like when I watch Everton play, no, I think exactly. it's obvious what they're trying to do. Mm. Like with Leicester, you can quite clearly see that they're sort of a counter attacking team. They hit teams on the break with pace. Yeah. Everton is, they're not really counter attacking. They're not really defensive. They're just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, agreed that they're kind of very reliant on Calvert Lewin and Richarlison and the, the pace of them. To potentially, you know, get forward and obviously DCL's goals and Richarlison's looked a little bit livelier towards the end of the season. But yeah, I think you summed them up well. That they're just there at the moment, and um, see with the, the potential new stadium plans and whatnot, that they really need to to improve if they want to start challenging again. Definitely. Right, let's move on to a game that, in all honesty, I had no interest in whatsoever. It was Sheffield United one Burnley nil. I, you see, another shit game that I'm interested in th- this week because I have Matech Vidra coming off the bench for Bruno Fernandes. With his massive one-pointer. So I watched the second half in <laughs> eager anticipation um, of Vidra doing something. And he looked okay, is is, yeah. is the answer. He wasn't <laughs> terrible, but... Um, That's what you want. Things wasn't... Uh, there's one promising run where he couldn't get it out of his feet and... Yeah, um, Vidra has only made it into my team because of his price and what he allowed me to do elsewhere on my team. But due to the way things have landed with, with team selection this week, I'm up and cheering him on. But it is a strong performance from Sheffield United, I have to say. Um, they've they've been playing well close. recently. Yeah, they, they, they've been keeping it up. I mean, I mean Jefferson um, played quite well. Um, he didn't actually obviously score or do anything, but... He still looks decent players. Obviously, got quite a big presence. He's quite tall. Um, McGoldrick scoring another goal this season, and he'll be a great player in the championship, as we know from previous previous seasons. But Burnley look the Burnley were really poor attacking wise. Um, like Dyche threw on about he threw on Ashley Barnes, he threw on Vidra, he threw on Jay Rodriguez. Like he was throwing on every single attacker that he basically had, and. Still still they were kind of struggling to get shots on goal i think they've been on the beach for a while well on the beach um yeah poor poor end of the season for burn yeah and burnley are one of those clubs that again they're we know how they play we know how sean deitch likes to have his squad set up we know that burnley will always cause teams problems particularly defensively but they're one of quite a few teams in the Premier League that are, again, just there in terms of, you know, position. And you always know where Burnley could be. And it's whether Sean Deitch feels that he's gone as far as he can with Burnley. I know um, there's the new ownership coming in and whatnot at Burnley and whether that could change things, you know, whether finances are made available. But I think Deitch probably has a decision to make himself because I, I quite like him as a manager. Um, and it would be interesting to see how he got on at a slightly bigger club with more of a budget and, you know, whether he could actually push a team on. Yeah, very very much so. I mean, I, 
it'd be interesting to see, yeah, the sort of signings he'd make. Because uh, uh, he's not really had that budget, we don't really know what sort of type of player he would buy if he if unrestricted. No, Obviously, exactly. I'd work with the likes of like Phil Bardsley and players like that, sort of free agents, people mm. on loan, people in the who they've already got. But I feel like, yeah, he could do a job at like a club of, say, Everton's stature. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Everton Palace, maybe, you know. Yeah, be interesting Palace to see like Sean Dyche at Palace for for a start because, you know, don't want to shame Burnley, but Palace, you know, are a better team. They've got better players. And Palace have got, you know, a rebuilding job to do in the summer, which we've spoken about already um, on previous pods with the amount of players that they're releasing and obviously Roy Hodgson retiring. For whoever steps into that Palace role, um, they've got a huge opportunity to like stamp their authority on that team. And it could be, you know, an ideal opportunity for a manager like Sean Dyche. Yeah, I'd love to see that, to be honest. Mm. Right. Um, should we skip the next game? I think we should, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so West Ham Southampton never happened. We'll move on to now. It was West Ham three, Southampton nil. Yeah. Um, poor, poor performance from us. Um, I had this game on the laptop while watching the Leeds game and then the second half of the Burnley game. And but yeah, it's just a very, very poor performance from us. Um, we just never got going. No, yeah, that's essentially it. We, you could tell that we had there. nothing to fight for. Whereas West Ham knew if they got the win, they guaranteed Europa League group stage football. And that's what they've done. You know, that the fact that, you know, Foreign Owls came out for Christ's sake and himself two goals and an assist. He, he, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we, we couldn't handle him. And then, you know, we allowed Declan Rice to run through in the 87th minute and get the third. It's, it just sums up our season. We were, we were poor. Very poor, yeah. Four, four now is a 19 pointer. If anyone saw that coming, then uh, they, they should play the lottery because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, shout out, shout out to Craig Kemp. Um, obviously, we're in a group chat, aren't we? Um, that he's involved in. And at one stage, I think at half time, he said he had a midfield of De Bruyne, Mane, four nows. Um, he had Harry Kane and another. And he kept us going for at least five, ten minutes and then came around and said, no, that's the team I would have wanted. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were all like, you picked four and I was like, what? Yeah, no, no one's picking four and hours. No, I mean, not... yeah. Um, so, yeah, disappointing end to our season. Obviously, we, at one point we were obviously very high up. Um, yeah. sort of... I mean, we were top of the league in November. Yeah, top of the league and then even... So we were still speaking about Europe and people were going, oh, yeah, you have Europe, no problem. And yeah. then came the inevitable slide. And, yeah, I'm right about us, our squad depth without the likes of, say, with obviously Bertrand going. Just think we're a bit light in terms of quality anyway. Yeah, and teams have found us out at times as well. Like, we're very easy to play against if you can get past the press. Um, and, you know... At the start of the season, for the first few months, that press was unbelievable. Like We were running probably the most kilometres out of any team. We had the pace going forward. But we've just slowly dwindled. And um, you, you can see in the, in the stats that have been released that, you know, the mileage that we're running isn't what it was. 
um, the, the pace of counterattacks, the speed in which we counter, the goals, you know, the assists, they've all dried up. And this is the complete opposite feeling to what we had at the end of last season. Because obviously at the end of last season, post, you know, lockdown or um, post the break, we were unbelievable. And that's why we were all piling in on Southampton at the start of the season. This is the complete opposite feeling that our season's come to a really drab end. And as fans, we're worried about where we're going to be next season. Yeah, agreed. I think going into this season coming, I think I'll be staying away from our players, FPL-wise. Uh, yep. Unless we make like some strong signings in sort of every position, like defence, midfield, attack. I, I don't yeah. think I'll go near them. Even yeah. even Ings, like I, I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it anymore because of the performance of the team in general. No, no, exactly. I mean, in a game like this, when Ings has potentially got you know a spot on the plane to fight for, genuinely, I don't, I don't think he's going to be called up. But um, you know, in a game like this, you'd expect him to be gunning to put on a performance, and the players around him today, he just, just didn't really have the opportunity. Um, I guess one shout out is to to obviously James Ward Prowse. He's the first player in Premier League history to play every single minute of every single game in two seasons consecutively. That's a mental stat. <laughs> um, fair play to him for, for that's a, a remarkable feat of fitness, if anything. Yeah. Um, a lot of players have been getting injured, obviously, with the sort of games being quite condensed. And obviously, for him to be playing every single one of those. That's, that's very impressive. It's good, yeah, good for us to have. Exactly. And it's not like he's shy of putting himself in for a tackle and whatnot either. And he gets himself forward. So for him to pick up no injury that's kept him out of a game of Premier League football, I think it's unbelievable. Like even he picked up um, a knock with England, I think, back in the, the qualifiers. And because he knew that, you know, there was the risk, he took himself out of the squad came back, got himself fit, and then was available for the next Saints game. It just shows the commitment to the cause. And I genuinely think we need more players like Prousey who are willing to put themselves on the line for the club. Because time and time again, I think we've got too many individuals there that are there for the paycheck at the moment and don't particularly care about what happens. No, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, he obviously totally gets the club, gets the fans... Um, and yeah, it would be good to see some, yeah, some more more additions of his, of his ilk. Um, but yeah, I think we might even struggle to actually keep James Will Prowse in the next season or so with his yeah. ability from free kicks and corners is sensational. Exactly, and I mean, if if we were struggling, um, God forbid, if we if we were to ever go down again. Really hope we don't. Oh, he'd, be off he'd go. Yeah, there's no way he'd go back down to the championship. Then it annoys me that we're even discussing this. But genuinely, in the form that we've been in, I think we've been the worst performing club since January. So that has to change. Otherwise, we're in deep shit next season. Yeah, I think it's a realistic expectation <laughs> for us to be in a sort of a relegation battle next season. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's too dramatic to to say. No, I mean, looking at the predictions that we made at the start of the season, it's it's laughable. And I don't think we'll be anywhere near what we put ourselves at the start of the season. No, I think it might might be the reverse. We might be too negative next season. <laughs> I think we might, yeah. Um, 
I guess that the big question for West Ham before we move on is do they keep Jesse Lingard? That's a very good question because obviously the first half of his loan was exceptional. Everyone couldn't stop talking about him. And the second half has been a bit a bit drab. He's obviously the returns have dried up for I think it's the last four or five games. He's not got a goal or assist. And I guess, it, if anything, it makes it easier for them to get him. Yeah, no, I agreed. I mean, he, he got the assist for Antonio in the last game, but his, yeah, goals, have def- yeah, his, his goals have definitely dried up. Um, but I don't know whether that's down to the fact that West Ham haven't been so reliant on them either. Like, obviously, we've saw today, like, Fornals has stepped up, um, got himself a couple of goals and an assist. And obviously, Antonio is back fit as well. You've got the likes of Jared Bowen that are available, Ben Rama. Whereas I think when, when Lingard was playing, Antonio was obviously out injured for quite a period of that. And it almost felt like he had to step up and take the mantle. Whereas now West Ham have got a stronger squad now that they're all back fit again. And the pressure isn't necessarily there. But at the same time, I guess they'd be hoping for, you know, for more returns going into next season in a more consistent return if they were to keep Lingard. Agreed. Right, moving on to the game which uh, involves his parent club and a massively rotated squad again from Oli, obviously in preparation for the uh, Europa League final on Wednesday. It was Wolves 1, yes, they got a goal. Man United 2. Yeah, I actually expected a little bit more from Wolves in this game based on the team selection alone. And for their strikers to still not score against a weakened Man United and for the goal to come from a defender, uh, be it Semedo, it's it's quite worrying for them, really. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if they, they just played... Was it Fabio, Fabio Silva on his own up there? or? Yeah, and um, I think Torre went off injured. Yes, he did. Yeah, in the first half, I saw Ben Dinnery. I think he punted on him this week and was like, for fuck's sake, he's uh, gone off. Yeah, I think that probably changed the way in which they set up. Yeah, attacking-wise, without Jimenez, they're so poor. Will will Jimenez be the same player when he comes back? We don't know. You you hope so. But even so, I I just... Wolves have completely turned me off this season in terms of their players. It's been killing me having Connor Cody for these last six, (laughs) seven weeks. I bet it has. And obviously, you've got the likes of Jimenez, Podent, Neto. You know, all these players that we expect to be starting aren't playing. Um, And then the big news, obviously, post our last pod was the fact that Nuno is not going to be Wolves manager next season. Yeah, he got got a great reception at the end um, and throughout the game from the fans because obviously he's done a lot there, took them from a sort of a mid table championship side right up to a strong Premier League team so he's obviously done a great job and left the team in good shape but be interesting to see where he goes and obviously who comes in for Wolves yeah um, I don't think Nuno will be a Premier League manager I think he'll potentially go back to Portugal because there's been a lot of conversation um, that I've read on forums and whatnot and just in the community in general about Nuno 
being quite homesick and wanting to go home and whatnot. And whether that's true, I, I, I don't know. But I'd be very surprised if, say, Nuno went to Spurs. I don't think Spurs fans would be at all happy if they got Nuno in as their manager because he just doesn't play the style of football that Tottenham are expecting, for instance. And I don't really know if there's another opening in the Premier League that Nuno would want to take. What style would you say the Tottenham fans are expecting? I've, I think they're expecting press. But I, I think they're probably expecting the style of football that Poch, you know, brought to the club and used, you know, the attacking impotence of, you know, the likes of Son and Ali and Kane, Bergwijn, you know, that they're all very good players going forward. And I think Mourinho kind of drilled that out of them this season. Um, and obviously Ryan Mason, he's kind of he's got the the goals back in a sense that they play particularly well in some games, but <laughs> excuse me, but in generally against weaker opposition, they've still struggled against the the top teams, barring obviously today when Leicester collapsed. But I think Nuno doesn't particularly play that attacking style of football, and um, yeah, I can't see it being a great appointment, particularly obviously with the, the European Super League malarkey and. Spurs fans obviously not been happy about that and no one really is but I just think that'll push them over the edge if they then appoint Nuno and then they go back to a very I guess it feels harsh to say dull but I'm never inspired when I watch a Wolves team Nuno has done exceptionally well for Wolves and you know to get them to where they are with the players that they had fair bloody play like the past couple of seasons have been exceptional but I'm never thrilled when I'm watching a Wolves game and I think that's what Spurs fans would want they want that thrill when they go to you know go to the ground and watch watch their team play yeah the sort you get with Bielsa at Leeds that kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah and obviously Wolves are looking at a Portuguese replacement they're looking at um, one of the top managers in in Portugal um, which is not a surprise really obviously they've got no. a lot of Portuguese <laughs> players there they've got it's Mendez's influence. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they who they appoint and how they set up the team. Um, but yeah, strong performance from Man United and Ollie, considering the players he used. Yes, once again, it was a very second string squad, wasn't it? Almost a replica of what they used to, when they played against um, Leicester that night. Yeah, yeah, it is, and. Um, Obviously, they'll be good in good shape for the Europa League final against Villarreal. Um, Mata, obviously, his swan song is not a nice goal for him. Um, obviously, he'll be he'll be done. Um, yep. But yeah, Van der Beek as well getting an assist. Um, obviously, he's not played maybe as much as he would have wanted to this season. No, no, exactly. And I guess great to see that the likes of Alanga you know, getting himself a goal for Man United. Like, not many people get to say that they've scored for Manchester United, so it's a fair play to them there. And um, I think it was a stat that Panda put, which I actually hadn't realised, um, but Man United have gone unbeaten away from home this season, which... What, for the entire... Wow. I believe <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that, that's, if that is the case, and I mean, that, that's what he posted in the group, so if it's wrong... I'm coming for you, Panda. But uh, yeah, I mean, if that that's one hell of a stat to, to go unbeaten away from home. It just shows that you know, 
they've got the drive there, particularly you know against the likes of Man City, Chelsea to go to go to those grounds and come away with the points. Not bad. Credit 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 to him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, finishing second in the league, you you can't really do much more, can you? When the likes of Man City are finishing top. No, agreed. Um, so I mean, that's that's all the games. That's it. We've gone for it. End of the season. That is um, Thirty-eight game weeks. And it's exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, tell me about it. And uh, we've obviously spoken, and we're going to carry on doing some stuff during the summer, um, which I'm really looking forward to. And um, we may well look to tweak the way in which we pod as well, but we'll discuss more about that in the summer anyway. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been such a it's been such a long season. But I feel knackered, and yeah. whether that's to do with looking after a puppy, working from home. Or the fact that this FPL season feels like it's gone for three years. I mean, we're, we're playing Euro 2020 in the summer of 2021. So, says yeah, it's been a strange season. Obviously, with the pandemic, it just feels stretched. It feels strange. We've had triple game weeks. We've had games on every day of the week. It's been it's been chaos, but it's finally over. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I'll, t- I'll run through how I got on. I got 50- yeah, go for it. 52 points this week. No keeper, so Meslier and Forster both didn't play. Meslier was expected to be dropped uh, again for Casilla, but never mind with Forster. Uh, Fernandez got subbed out for Vidra uh, on one point. Willock returned with eight. Salah obviously got his assist. Kane got 10 points. Cody disappointing one point. I thought maybe he might get a clean sheet based on that United team. But yeah, 52 points. And I think based on live FPL, I've got like an 8k rank drop and I'll finish on about 338k. So obviously a bit disappointing for me um, after finishing 4,000 4, last season. Yeah, but that but was one hell of a finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough to um, replicate that that's that season last season but that's that's going to be my aim to either equal it or better it um but yeah with hopefully with a normal ish season next season um are for the very least want to beat this season yeah now fingers crossed yeah I've, I've just seen obviously as we're talking that fpl have at least added in the bonus points now so i finished the week on 62 points um after bringing in sadio mane and just regret not risking it and captaining him because I was obviously chasing one of the mini leagues that we're both in, our Monday Night Football League, and albeit I come second, so I win a little bit of cash, but I would have won a lot more had I taken the punt. And I actually think I would have done it had I captain Mane over Salah. So that's that's frustrating to say. Would have been a brave move though. It would have been, yeah, exactly. But it looks like I've got very much a grey arrow um, at the moment, just looking on live FPL. I think I'm staying at 58k, which is surprising given I feel like I've had a pretty good week with them um, 62 points. But I guess, you know, people taking some punts around me and whatnot, it's uh, it's going to stay the same. So like you said, it's been it's been one of those seasons that I was always looking to, to push on and beat my 40k um, PB. But I'll take another top 100 um, at the end of the day. It's, it's not bad. And yeah, it just gives us a bit of drive next season to hopefully push on and, and do a little bit better yeah it certainly does um as for sky obviously 
it's been a long ass season in Sky. Um, looking at it now, I, I've not had the best week to finish. I finished on 48 points um, for my main team um, without man of the match is being awarded, but I don't think any of my players are going to get man of the match. Harry Kane, maybe, but I haven't it probably end up going to bail maybe with his, his couple of goals. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I've not seen them yet, but I was 40th going into this week and fingers crossed 48 is enough to keep me in the top 50, but it should easily be enough to cement me top 100 and to finish top 100 in my first season. Um, I'm quite proud of and to be fair, like we shouted them out on, on on Twitter from the season keepers Twitter feed, but you know the likes of um, Planet FPL and the lads at the the Three for One podcast and um, the lads over at Scout, you know, obviously Joe and um, Luke with their with their podcast. It's been so helpful for for newbies like ourselves just to learn the game, and obviously in Parent spreadsheet very much. I'll be taking that up again. Um, I basically keep up my hub membership for, for that spreadsheet and I fully intend to because it, it, it's so helpful. But I think we'll probably do a, a review podcast, I expect, over the summer of, um, you know, FPL and Sky and going over maybe some decisions that we made and whatnot. And I'm really looking forward to um, doing that one on Sky. And I think FF Stuff on Twitter has said that he's able to tap in if you give him your ID, he can pull up all the data from your sky team so like transfers and whatnot so it may be if we look to give him a shout for that then um we can uh, have a proper podcast on it yeah sounds good i've seen seen what he can do mm, um, yes unbelievable stuff sky for me uh yeah i think i've got 50 points in my best team um despite a few missing out obviously bruno um and a couple of others as equator obviously doing doing us both no favours and <laughs> sent off at the end. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoy playing Sky. Um, I hope to finish in the top 3K. I was 2.9K at the start of the day. Hopefully I'm I'm still there. Next season, I want to aim higher. Um, top 1K, I think, would be a good aim. I, I think you should easily... Or even do, what you, even do what you've done and yeah. go right for top 100. I mean, that's, that's well, remarkable. Yeah for doing your first season and a good advert for all the sort of resources that you you've been using exactly and to be fair i think obviously we're in discussions about what we want to do next season but i think thinking about it and um we had a conversation with um i mean i'll shout him out we had a conversation with disable and for him to to reach out in the way that he did i think is amazing because it shows that people actually care about what we talk about um and I'd very much like to potentially split the focus on obviously FPL in Sky and maybe do a pod on each. And I think if we were to then podcast on Sky individually away from FPL and maybe have a bit more of a focus, I think that would maybe allow us both to focus in a bit more on our teams and, you know, the two for ones and the three for ones. And I think it would genuinely help like ranks and just the way we understand the game. Yeah, I think it would it would work well because um, obviously the games the games are quite different in terms of their dynamics. Obviously, yeah, Hoiberg is a great player in Sky, but he's not a great player in FPL. Um, the tiers bring a whole new dimension to Sky, and obviously transfers are they're important in both games. But obviously Sky, you've got kind of a limited amount. Yeah. So I, I wish I had a transfer available for this final game because. 
you got to see all the lineups Bruno was missing. And I think the obvious move would have been either KDB or Mane, and they both returned. Yeah, if you held back, say, even just two or three transfers for this final week, you'd have been in a great position to attack those sort of fixtures. You, you, got, you got the lineups, so that's, that's the inf- valuable information. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a great, it's a great game to play, and I'll, I'll be playing it next season. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, now we'll um, we'll obviously have those discussions over the summer and uh, hopefully get back to you all on it. Should we end our final FPL podcast of the season with a bit of a laugh about our prediction? Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> Forgot about those. <laughs> oh yeah, God Almighty! I was looking at the uh, the league tables that we predicted, and um, quite amusing to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I said West Ham would finish 17th and they they obviously finished 6th. Yeah, uh, I had them 17th as well. <laughs> yeah, so oh god, I didn't think you uh, had them as low as me, but yeah, both overestimated um underestimated West Ham and, and Villa. I had Villa to finish 19th. We, we both had Aston Villa to get relegated. Yep. They came 11th. They were comfortable. <laughs> uh, so another poor prediction and then with regards to teams we overestimated, uh, Sheffield United, I said, yep. I, still, I mean, we still put them lower than last season. We still yeah, we did. Yeah. the regression. So we said 12. I said 12th. And, I said 13th. And yeah, obviously they, they finished rock bottom. Yeah, um, good. Similarly, Wolves, I had a seventh and obviously they came. Yeah, you, you gave Wolves an exceptional season. I, yeah, I thought Wolves would be all right, <laughs> um, but obviously uh, I didn't think they'd play a lot the way they did this season. No, uh, I mean, injuries haven't helped, but yeah, I had them in 10th. So again, overestimated Wolves. Yeah. And then, we got uh, the why though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we, we did. I mean, the, the other club that I think we both massively overestimated was uh, was Southampton whether there was a little bit of bias there and whatnot. But um, yeah, I had them down as, as down as ninth. And, yeah, tenth. Yeah. I mean, we were top. So <laughs> ninth was uh, achievable at one point. But yeah, um, we got the top four. So can't really complain about that. We should have really put a bet on there. And um, we had, you know, Spurs, Leicester, Everton, in and around the uh, fifth, sixth and seventh spot. So... I guess we kind of we we knew what was probably going to go on at the top of the table, but as for the uh, the predictions lower down, horribly horribly wrong. Well, I guess we got two of the relegated teams. We right. did, yeah. We uh, we both Fulham got Fulham and West Brom, yeah. And but yeah, we'll have a go next season as well. Um, hopefully, yeah, it was won't great fun. Um, yeah, so it was great fun doing the uh, doing the predictions. Yeah. Do you remember your predictions for Golden Boot? Golden Glove. Golden Boot. Um, said Tony Marshall. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, I, I absolutely smashed my Golden Boot choice, mate. Sergio Aguero, you know, two goals to end the season. Surely that gets him Golden Boot. <laughs> oh, dear. Golden Glove, I think I mean, that I was quite close. Keep... You can see the little comment I put here next to Martial, and it's like a whole season of Bruno feeding him. His his confidence has grown, and he's ready to shine. And yeah, he's uh he's not delivered. And what, what's the most horrifying thing I've noticed here is I think I put down what players I expected to score the most FBL points or the, to be a decent pick for each yeah. position. 
And right, goalkeeper, guess, guess who I'll put? What for, what, for the goalkeeper? Yeah. Not the um, golden glove, but like the best goalkeeper. Or the, best like, goalkeeper. The most oh, wait, no, I, I, I remember this. You Didn't you go Ramsdale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> what a yeah, joke Ramsdale. that was. Um, I'm sure you said something like, you know, I'm expecting Sheffield United to keep some really good clean sheets and he'll pick up the saved tiers. So when they keep the a clean sheet, he'll get, he'll get the bonuses. He was fucking yeah. useless. No, you can catch a cold. Um, yeah, I, I went um, Hugo Lloris is my uh, top point scorer for goalkeepers. So Still pretty ropey, but not nowhere near as bad as nah. Ramsdale. Um, obviously, midfielder, I've got a Bamier. Yeah, well, <laughs> what a shout that was. I, I've got De Bruyne and I think I was unlucky with his injuries, to be fair, with that shout. Yeah. Um, defensively, though, I'm pretty sure we both had Trent, and yeah. that's been massively outshone this season, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's been okay the last like six or seven games, but obviously, yeah. he's not been what he was last season mm. at all. Um, no. it'd be interesting to see how they price him, yeah. I know because or... well, possibly because we were all saying he was underpriced this season, weren't we? You know, oh, actually... yeah, we're going. Oh, yeah. I'd pay ten million for him. People were saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it, it massively just shows if Liverpool have a flaky season in the likes of Robertson and Trent fail to, you know, return in the way that they were returning last season, then it affects the whole the whole team. And neither of them have hit double figures for um, assists this season now, so that's a massive shock. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they were so consistent as well last season. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, I think top forward points, I had uh, Sergio Aguero, obviously, after predicting that he would get the golden boot. So, and we again, know how well that went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, we'll definitely do those predictions again in the summer before uh, next season, because uh, they're always fun to, to look back on, aren't they? And uh, have a bit of a laugh of how shite they were. <laughs> right. Um, I think that should draw, draw our final FPL podcast of the season to an end, mate. Um it's been one hell of a whirlwind. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, obviously chat to you for, what is it, 45 episodes at least now, I think we've, we've gone on for. It's a um, lot. This is the 44th. Yeah. And to have the amount of people that obviously listen to us and follow us on Twitter and, you know, that we, we talk to week in, week out, like you guys are the reason why we podcast um, every week. You know, the questions that we get in and the feedback that obviously we've spoken about and that we receive it, it means a hell of a lot. And that's the reason that we're, we're actively looking to carry on into next season. Um, and like we've said, we're going to continue podcasting, but we're going to pick some topics and stuff that we want to talk about. We're going to do some rundowns of, you know, our FPL seasons and our Sky seasons and um, just generally look forward to a little bit of a break and uh, moving on into hopefully will be a better season for both of us next year. Yeah, I hope so. Um, thanks to lis- listening to both of us. Um, we, we, as we, as Matt just said, we both really appreciate it. And uh, good luck into next season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for one final time this season, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>